What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. There are some places where less than two percent of international students are going to get finan- are getting any kind of merit based uh, financial mm-hmm. aid, um, and then there are places where ninety uh, percent or more get wow. uh, get financial aid. This is in the, in the top. This is in the top one hundred. Wow. Uh, well, Rutgers. So Rutgers gives a few ten thousand dollars scholarships. Um, that's like oh point one percent of students are getting financial aid. At SUNY mm-hmm. Buffalo, four percent. But at Marquette University, ninety four percent get financial aid. That is Ben Stern on financial aid prospects at U.S. universities. Hello, I'm your host Venkatrama. This is the ninth segment of our 10-segment podcast series, A Guide to Build a Standout U.S. College Application. In this segment, we dive into the cost of college in the U.S. and the financial aid avenues available to students, especially international students. To that end, we'll cover the following. The cost of college, what is financial aid, the criteria for financial aid, how many get merit-based aid, the process, and the available resources. To guide us today, we join Ben Stern of IB Achievement. Let's get started. So Ben, first of all, let me welcome you to our podcast. Today, um, we are going to talk a little bit about, uh, quite a bit about financial aid actually college costs and financial aid. And I wanted to do it in sort of a primer form so that it's helpful for all the students out there. So, um, you know, basically I thought we could walk down some set of things that a student might be thinking about and, you know, how we might be able to provide some guidance uh, through your expertise. So, um, so I thought, I thought, you know, the best place to start is at the top of the whole thing, which is all about college costs and how one ought to sort of factor those in just to get started. So maybe that's a good place for us to start talking about it. So uh, the bill for college in the United States uh, tends to be very high. Mm-hmm. And it is divided basically into four main four main components. Uh, one is going to be tuition, um, mm-hmm. which is the cost of, of attendance, the, the cost of, of classes. Then you have room uh, housing, mm-hmm. um, which uh, most most colleges, at least most of the top 100, 150 colleges, require students to be uh, to live on campus, so this is not an optional cost mm-hmm. for most colleges. Um, and then there's uh, meal plans, and most colleges also that that require students to live on campus also require purchase of a meal plan. So that's mm-hmm. also not usually an optional. And then there are additional fees, student activity fees, things that are tacked on to. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, to the to the bill that are paid directly to the college. 
In addition to that, there are additional costs such as books and indirect costs, books and um, often uh, health care, uh, health yeah. insurance, and other things that can be several thousand dollars per year. The books especially are very expensive. Um, some students have their alternatives with uh, getting books online, but in general, books can be several thousand dollars a year. So the total cost of attendance, even, even taking into account uh, the estimated cost of attendance, books are usually underestimated and can be, uh, the, the cost can be several thousand dollars over what a, what a college says it's going to cost to attend. If a student is applying to 10 colleges and um, each of those colleges, they have to have some idea of what each one is going to cost. So is there is there a simple way for us to just help them sort of figure that out? Or is it as simple as just going and researching each website and putting that together? Oh, sure. So there are there are um, databases online, U.S. News and World Report. There's, um, there's some other um, we have we maintain a, uh, a database of um, of costs, we try to normalize so that colleges can be compared directly directly to each other. So we only report tuition fees, room and board, because the mm -hmm. other kinds of fees um, can vary from school to school. What they report, what they what they say, you know, they mm -hmm. they they might they might say, oh, a thousand dollars. We budget a thousand dollars for travel, but um, but international students are going to be spending a lot more than a thousand dollars for travel yeah. per year. Yeah. So we try to we try to have um, you know costs compared directly. Um, you know, one one school to the other. Generally, we say add five to ten thousand dollars. I mean, tuition fees, room and board, plus five to ten thousand dollars should be the the estimation. What is financial aid, and what are the types of financial aid available to them? Sure. So, um, author Jeffrey Salingo, who. Um, I'm not sure if you've uh, you've talked to him or no. uh, you've heard of him. He he has a book called "Who Gets In and Why." He's been he's been a journalist covering admissions for many years, and he explains that financial aid is really another way to say bo both uh, merit based and need based aid. And we'll we'll get to that. They're both more polite ways of saying tuition discounts or tuition coupons. So. Colleges are very expensive, and they, uh, if if they if they could ha charge full price for everybody, they they would, but they really can't. Um, so what they do is they subsidize. Most colleges subsidize the cost of education for for some students with the with with revenues from other students, from mm -hmm. wealthy from wealthier families, sure. and then they offer discounts for. For either for for two kinds of for two kinds of students, basically students that are lower income that they want to have as part of their college population, or mm -hmm. that are higher higher performing academically that will do well in college and raise the raise the profile of the college. So there are there are two main kinds of financial aid, um, merit based, which is on the ostensibly given on the basis of academic merit or sometimes mm -hmm. um, sometimes athletic merit but mm -hmm. um, merit-based scholarships um, and then there is what's called need-based which is gives given on the basis of a family's financial need now both of these are essentially discounts on the on the cost of education now now uh, does 
one apply to each one of these things uh, just at a high level and then we can get into it later in detail but is a merit based something that the college figures out that you are eligible for and they do it on their own or is it something that a student would apply to sure so merit based aid there are different different kinds of merit based aid some are automatically some are automatically awarded by a university when a student applies as accepted they mm-hmm. they take a look at a at a university they take they they take a look at an applicant they say mm-hmm. what do you what do we think we'll have to offer this applicant um, what what other kinds of schools do you think do we think this applicant is going to be weighing weighing us against what do we have to offer this student to make it worth their while to choose us mm-hmm. that's merit based schools schools that don't need to do that that know that that students are likely to choose them over their competitors don't need to offer merit based aid which is why which is one of the main reasons that the Ivy League colleges for example do not offer any merit based scholarships mm-hmm. okay. um, and most top public schools don't offer merit based scholarships um, in state or at least certainly not out of state they're not offering merit based scholarship tuition discounts to uh, to students who are not um, within those states. So merit-based scholarships, so some, some are automatically awarded because they, they, they basically give a, a discount to make it more attractive versus an Ivy League, for example, which, which doesn't offer financial aid, which doesn't offer any kind of merit-based aid. So the, the Penn, Penn State University might, or Rutgers University might offer $10,000. And so that um, the cost difference between a, between uh, University of Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania State University, which is a uh, which is a public school, they might have um, the, the cost difference might be thirty thousand dollars a year, hmm. um, and that might be worth it to a family who's uh, who's considering paying for the University of Pennsylvania. So they right. they they were going to try to offer a discount, but they'll still make money on that. They'll still they'll still make money from that student. They just won't uh, won't have as big a profit margin. That's how that's how it works. There are other kinds of, of merit-based scholarships that one applies for. Some mm-hmm. are general. Some are general um, to uh, that require additional essays and require additional additional transcripts, recommendations um, that will be that'll be weighed and um, and then students will be sort of, sort of uh, shortlisted and selected for those kinds of. Of, uh, merit-based scholarships. Some schools mm-hmm. have those. So, um, University of Southern California, Boston University, Vanderbilt University, um, University of Wisconsin Madison. Uh, several other other schools have those kinds of, of merit-based scholarships that are specifically specifically applied to. They generally mm-hmm. have deadlines um, that are earlier than the regular deadlines of the universities to give the schools extra time to consider them and shortlist students. Um, and those are competitive merit-based scholarships. Um, and those are those are designed to um, to give the to give the um, admissions office and financial aid committees um, more um, you know more information about what students they're going to be giving their their financial aid budget to. So that's another that's another category of of, uh, of um, scholarships that students can apply for. Need based awards always mm-hmm. require an application. And that mm-hmm. um, the standard for American citizens is called the FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. 
um, mm-hmm. but that is not used by non-U.S. citizens. Instead, mm-hmm. um, most schools that give financial aid uh, accept what's called the CSS profile, which is the, the college board. Uh, the mm-hmm. college board administers that. Um, there are some other forms. Some colleges have their own forms. So those require a separate application. Generally, those applications uh, for financial aid are due a week or two after the, the application for the college itself. You know, also hear the term uh, grants or, um, you know, uh, something on, of that nature. What are, what are those things in addition to financial aid and scholarships? Sure. So sometimes uh, it's essentially the same thing as a, as a scholarship. Uh, are you talking okay. about grants from the university itself? or grants from external external organization. So why don't you talk about both? Because I, I you know, it's just, you know, this thrown around by people and it's not clear. So maybe sure. if you could just walk down what those are. So there are different there are different ways for different accounting purposes, for marketing purposes, ways that financial aid, especially this so-called merit-based aid, is uh, mm-hmm. is couched, different terms. So it might be called it might be called a scholarship. It might be called a grant. It might be mm-hmm. called a bursary. It might be mm-hmm. called a student fund. It might be called a trustees scholarship. It might be, there are a lot of different kinds of, not, not right. different names. They're basically just coupons. Okay. Coupons. You go to a store, you have, uh, you know, $10 off, $10 off uh, a tea kettle or, you know, or five, $5 off a toaster. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's the, or, uh, or, um, or 20% off a tennis racket. That's right. it's a coupon. It's a coupon. Right. They might have a fancy name for it. You know, the, the Dean's, you know, the, the Dean's fellows scholarship, uh, you know, but it's a coupon. Yeah. That's what matters at the end of the day, what, uh, what they have to pay. Right. Right. It's not how much, it's not how much you're going to get. It's not how much money you get. It's how much money you're paying at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's important. So when, when families ask me, um, you know, parents, parents will ask me, Oh, we want something with a, uh, you know, we're looking for 50% discount, your 50% scholarship. Well, what does that mean? Is it 50% of $80,000? Is it 50% of $50,000? So that's, right. you know, that's because 50% of, of a 50% uh, discount on an $80,000 um, is still going to leave you with $40,000. Whereas uh, you, know, you don't need a 50% discount to, to bring down the cost of attendance for a, a school that's, that's 50, $55,000 to, yeah. to that, that budget. So, I'm um, thinking of in terms of, of percentage is not the is not the best way to compare schools or to think about the the cost of attendance. You want to you want to think about okay, how much is it going to cost me uh, in August before uh, you know when I have to write that check or have to make that wire transfer. Right, right. So so yeah, I think I think I think that's the f- key point to make is that it's um, what you have to pay uh, that matters. So all the other things are just means to get it down to a affordable number. Right, it's, it's it can be confusing with merit based, need based, uh, you know, financially, all these all these terms, scholarships, um, but at the end of the day, it's what what's the sticker price? What's the you know what's the cost of attendance? What's the bill going to say? Yeah, that's the size of that check. Let's talk a little bit about what do what kind of criteria colleges use for financially the ones that they give out. Colleges who are looking for college looking for good students, students who are going to do well in their college. There's there, there's no exceptions, no exceptions mm-hmm. to that. 
Um, now they're looking for top students, and the the better students who are applying, the more likely they are to get those kind of scholarship offers because those are the kinds of students that colleges want to want to accept. Mm -hmm. So a good way to know if you're going to get you're likely to get offers for for financial aid for for these kinds of merit based scholarships is to compare uh, to compare the academics and um, test scores especially to um, to other students in the past and almost all colleges report their the percentiles of their um, of their enrolled classes for mm -hmm. their SAT and ACT scores. Now, this year it becomes a little more, it's become more complicated. Last year it became more complicated because a lot of schools were test optional. And indeed, students who got merit-based financial aid are generally the ones who applied with scores. So students, straight out, students who are applying without test scores are at, are at a disadvantage this year for those merit-based scholarships. It's not impossible to get, but it is much easier to secure a merit-based scholarship if you have test scores, SAT or ACT. Got it. Even if okay. admission is not necessarily that much different, getting getting any kind of um, scholarship is going to be easier with those with those kind of test scores. So primarily, primarily for the schools that give merit based aid, um, they're looking at the academics and test scores. For the competitive ones, they're looking at more than that. They're looking at the essays. They're looking at how how much a student will bring to the university. Um, and what sort of advantages that students will will confer to the university as a student there? I mean, obviously, they're uh, governed by budgets. So typically, what you know, let's take the top colleges. Uh, what fraction of their students end up getting this kind of um, aid, uh, what you might call merit based? So I can tell you for international students. Sure. I'll, I'll give you the, the figures for international students. I believe most of your listeners are, are yeah. international. Okay, so looking at the at colleges that provide only only um, merit based financial aid, not not need based financial aid. Got it. Um, so taking a look at that, there are some places where less than two percent of international students are going to get are going to get any kind of merit based. Uh, financial aid. Um, and then there are places where 90% uh, or more get, wow. uh, get financial aid. This is in the, in the top, this is in the top 100. Wow. Uh, well, Rutgers, so Rutgers gives a few $10,000 scholarships. Um, that's like 0.1% of students are getting financial aid at SUNY mm -hmm. Buffalo, 4%, but at Marquette university, 94% get financial aid. Um, at uh, UMass Amherst, um, most students, sixty uh, percent of international students get some sort of get some sort of scholarship. Hmm. Uh, North Carolina State, fifteen percent. So it's a it's a pretty big range. Usually it's below fifty percent, but there are there are some places. Illinois Institute of Technology, um, uh, almost one hundred percent of international students get some sort of some so, some sort of tuition discount. Hmm. Okay. So what we what we do is we help students. Uh, we help students understand what the actual costs are going to be. I thought um, if you could just sketch out sort of broadly the financial aid application process, 
I mean, the, we can point them to the details, but um, you know, what are the set of steps broadly that um, families need to go through and um, what do they in general need to provide? What types of th stuff do they need to provide? There's three general categories. Mm -hmm. um, there are documents related to income, documents mm -hmm. related to assets, and documents mm -hmm. related to um, to loans. Uh -huh. The debt. Okay. Income generally, income is um, income is um, listed on uh, some sort of national tax return. A mm -hmm. state or a national tax return. Um, it can be difficult if you don't file a national tax return. In some countries, there's you know more compliance than others, yeah. um, and there are different different regulations. And we we work through this with with each family that we we work with, right? Um, but generally, you all all colleges are going to require some sort of national tax return, a statement of income, and and what taxes, if any, the um, the national taxes that um, uh, the family owes. Mm -hmm. Maybe if, if it's uh, if it's one, if it's per family, if it's per parent, um, it really depends on on that uh, the country's regulations. But at least one income statement that covers uh, that covers the the family's income. That's number mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. um, they'll need that. Um, also, um, if the parent has an employer, generally there's some sort of um, pay stub or a summary of the salary and benefits of the um, of that uh, of that employee, mm -hmm. so generally that's that's re requested. A lot of uh, a lot of families are self-employed, have their own businesses, don't have that kind of thing necessarily. Um, but if they do have that kind of thing, that can be uh, that can be very helpful. So those are in those are the two main income related are going to be um, the government forms, the tax returns, and then employer statements mm -hmm. that, that are related to income. Um, and also, if if a um, um, if there is investment income, um, those kind of statements are are going to be um, are going to be required. So statements mm -hmm. of uh, investment income. Um, so uh, you know for and then that will, that will overlap with assets. So any sort of bank statements, um, portfolio statements, um, bonds, stocks, um, real estate, things that are related to um, uh, assets. Those are those are required to be disclosed. Basically, any assets the family has. Now, what assets count toward the expected family contribution? Again, that's a that's a, a podcast. Uh, not sure if you want to have that with me with somebody else, but um, that's another discussion to um, uh, you know, to for, that varies from school to school. Which uh, you know which assets are going to be expected to be contributed to college, but. It is required by law, by by legally binding contract, uh, when you apply to colleges, to disclose all the assets that a that a family has, and that that can be that can be physical, that can be tangible assets, intangible assets, um, mm -hmm. stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, uh, valuables. Are the, the um, families are are asked to disclose all that? Now, not all of that necessarily has to be is going to be requested to be documented, but it does have to be disclosed. And, mm -hmm. and failure to disclose assets can lead to issues down the line. It can actually be uh, can actually be considered a crime if failure failing to disclose assets on college application can be considered a crime. Hmm. Okay. 
so that so those are the, those are the forms. So along with the along with the forms, generally some sort of documentation is is required. Um, and then uh, the the application itself doesn't take usually that long to fill out, mm-hmm. an hour or two maybe. Um, I, I I work with with dozens of families every year going through going through mm-hmm. the forms and making sure that they're that things are uh, adequately represented. If a financial aid office might ask for more information later on. Um, you know, you don't want to overwhelm them with everything. You, you want to give them what they ask for. Uh, if they ask for more, then you can respond and give them more. But it's good to have good to have all the financial documentation prepared for that. I know you said this before, but international students don't obviously do FAFSA. They do, um, you know, they just fill out the forms that the school requests or school wants, right? That's correct. There's but there are different there are different forms that schools have. Some schools have their own. Some have is called IFSAA um, uh, that they some have the uh, use the CSS profile, which costs money to mm-hmm. uh, to send. Some other there are different there are different options. Different schools have different different options. It can be a little confusing, and that's we we help students work through. We, we help families work through that. They they differ a little bit in um, you know in the content of the of the forms. So I was thinking that maybe um, as we wind down, um, any specific resources you want to point students to for financial help? Um, Of course, your own site, which uh, would like to sort of uh, tell them about, but anything else in terms of general resources? Sure. Um, So, um, well, I would say that a lot of schools have a uh, financial aid, a cost of attendance calculator that it's not, that's not of limited, that it is of limited value. It's not of a lot of value to international students. So um, a lot of families will be wasting their time with these cost of attendance, financial aid calculators that don't really apply to international students at all. So don't really bother with that. Basically okay. assume you're going to be paying, um, you know, assume you're going to be paying sticker price, um, but look at, and look at the data that that we have on um, on financial aid. The um, it's called the IV Achievement International Financial Aid Guide, mm-hmm. and admissions and, and international admissions and financial aid guide. IVAchievement.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, we we it's a limited access uh, database. We don't share that database with. Uh, we don't make everything public. So we have a, a PDF version that's public, and then we have a a more um, a more detailed um sortable uh sortable uh google sheet that's available you can sign up for that's free um but you do have to do have to sign up for it but you can get a a pdf um free of charge that that shows um different um uh, you know financial aid statistics uh that are available um the school's websites usually have um it will usually have the information about it there's no there's no other good really central central database of scholarships available to uh, international students. There's there's scholarships available. There, there are lists of scholarships for domestic students, for U.S. citizens. But um, I believe we have the best resource available for uh, scholarships available for uh, for international students. Fantastic. Now, so you said that there's a public facing thing. That's the PDF, and then you have a more detailed. I believe that if a student or family signs up for, they can get right. That's correct. Right. That's okay. right. Fabulous. Hi again. 
In this segment, we talked about financial aid, particularly merit-based aid available to students. We covered the cost of college, what is financial aid, the criteria for financial aid, how many students get merit-based aid, the process, and the available resources. Additional podcasts on financial aid, including a step-by-step guide, are also available on College Matters Alma Matters. Now, based on this segment, we have an assignment for students in the 11th grade. Now, you have to subscribe to get the assignments. It's easy to subscribe. Just email podcast at almamatters.io with the subject line assignments. We will send you an email with instructions on the assignments. This series is for high school students in their 11th grade or 12th grade who plan to apply to U.S. colleges at the end of this year. I want to thank Ben Stern of Ivy Achievement for doing the financial aid segment of this series. Do check out the Ivy Achievements Financial Guide. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Alma matters. Matters.